Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Lab. Uh, sitting with you here, as always, you have Alex Trotter, Brandon Weirig, and I'm Lou Follenkamp. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the Labor Day weekend. We took a, a nice little hiatus and just kind of enjoyed the, the relaxing vacation week. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to hit the grindstone again here. We're going to start off today with a little bit of a, a Mythbusters episode. Uh, and the topic of today is um, weight training for kids. Uh, now, there's been a lot of different myths circulating throughout the years. I mean, I remember hearing a few of these when I was growing up and when I was first getting into weightlifting back in seventh grade. Um, and I remember a lot of younger athletes when they were first starting or going to places like Fast or uh, uh, I can't remember the place in Columbus, but there's different things going around that are just untrue about children getting into weightlifting. Uh, so I've assembled about six different myths for these three, us three uh, to kind of go through and debunk. You comfortable there, Brandon? Yeah, I'm good. Better than recording in the basement? Yeah, I like a little uh, sunshine in the clouds. <laughs> Basement's the coldest. It is. It is it's actually really nice. And it's, it, I, I think the sound's nice, but that's just me. Uh, but okay, so kind of getting into the, the fun for these. The first myth that I found is weightlifting for children stunts their growth. Children who have a designated or predetermined rate of growth or an end height per se, uh, if they were to get into weightlifting would be stunted. They would no longer be able to reach that predetermined or growth chart height. Uh, that's probably why Brandon is so short and I am so short. And Trotter just, you know, just never touched weights till he turned 30. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't touch him until I was 14. Yeah. I feel like that's pretty common, though, for kids now anyway, getting into weightlifting or any kind of training at that matter. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of to lead off here, you know, stunting growth. Um, honestly, there's not a whole lot of science behind the fact that it stunts growth. If you look at a lot of different studies where they implemented, uh, you know, weightlifting programs for kids, if anything, it helped them and to develop into better athletes, but there's actually been nothing proven on the, I mean, granted, they did diagnostic imaging with MRI and x-rays in which they didn't see anything changing in the growth plates, but we'll talk about growth plates later on. Um, so stunting, have you, have you guys even heard that? I'm curious, just see what myths you guys have heard and which ones you haven't. Oh Yeah. That's the biggest one. Yeah. The, the stunting, the growth. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing about the, the stunting and the growth, which I actually kind of think is funny is that it actually does the exact opposite. When you get yeah. into weight training and you actually get into those things, it's, it's actually promoting a healthy structure, a healthy skeleton. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We can get, we'll get into another myth down the road because there's a few different things for this. Um, all right, yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Let's see who gets more angry at this one. It's dangerous. Myth number two. It is extremely dangerous for children to interact with weights and should be avoided at all costs. Only utilizing functional movement patterns should be the goal for younger athletes. Functional movement patterns. Have, oh, you, ever, have you ever seen a kid just go out and play in a park? There's nothing functional about them. They're tripping over their own feet. They're falling, going up the stairs. Mm -hmm. odds are they're at the top of the monkey bars letting go falling you know 
six, yep. seven, eight feet impact there is going to be a heck of a lot dangerous than trying to squat with a dumbbell. Yep. That's, yeah, I was, I was waiting for you guys to kind of jump on top of or that. Or starting one. your kid at tackle football in first grade. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's that's where the injuries occur the most is from uh, compact or uh, like blunt forces. At, at no point during your lift is there a blunt force going on, so you're not in you're not hitting the growth plates, like you're you're training the muscles and with proper form, which is like what we do, because you have to earn the barbell so you have to earn the weight to go up you all start with the pvc pipe you move on to the red bar which is 15 pounds then you move on to the women's olympic bar and then you earn the right to earn to use a 45 pound bar like it's all progression people just think that we're just going to load these kids up with like 225 on squat for their first day and they're 12 it's it's not going to happen just imagine you guys like introing a kid in their very first day and you walk them over to a barbell and it's got like 500 pounds on it. The kid that's out, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Thrash. You, one day it'll lift off the ground. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think a lot of these parents oh, that have, they'll go find somebody that's either like played a certain sport for so long or lifted for so long and that thinks that they're qualified to do that. It's like, okay, some guy did his taxes on turbo tax like i'm not gonna trust that dude to do my taxes yeah he's not an accountant <laughs> it's the same shit yeah <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about man yeah i could help you through taxes just kidding i would never do that i'm no absolutely not taxes in general uh no i agree with you guys you know when when done underneath the correct supervision you know you can pick you know appropriate exercises for them to progress as athletes i think that when people say it's dangerous they either have a, a lack of understanding or you know They've had some form of experience back in the past where it wasn't necessarily a positive experience. And so then they go like labeling it as negative altogether. Um, just, well, yeah, I'd agree with that. Or they, they aren't in the field, so they aren't keeping up with the new studies being done. You know, so like, let's, let's say that you have a parent that's 35 years old and they have a, uh, 10 year old right? Whoa, bro. I'm 32. Let's go like maybe like a 40 year old. <laughs> okay. Four, 40 year old, 40 year old, a, a 10 year old, right? Well, yes. so they were 30 when they had the kid, but if they didn't play sports in college, they only played like uh, varsity sports or whatever. So now you're talking that you're missing what 20 years of research. That's true. I mean, uh, like, Imagine how far technology has came in 20 years. Do you not think that that's also happening in other aspects of life? I think it's a valid point. There's a huge gap there going off of the, uh, my mom said this, my dad thinks this, but this is what they did. Because when you think about it, strength conditioning as a whole has only evolved since what, the 80s? 70s and 80s? Like as like an actual profession in science? 70, maybe? No. Yeah. 60s, 70s. 60s. 60s yeah. yeah so like the sports science didn't... of it is evolved yeah, a lot yeah because yeah. the profession itself is so young and now like educating the public on the safety and let alone the science behind it all i think needs to be done uh at a better level uh before even high school i think 
like significantly more in like the younger athletes who are doing like the peewee football, the, you know, the how many year round baseball kids do you see now? Just, just nuts. And they have no, no concept of what actual strength and stability is like, but yet they're going to go out there and throw these kids for 80, hundred pitches. Just, but, well, but, but lifting weights is dangerous. Well, you can also see the difference in our kids that are in middle school and younger that do lift weights and do come to the speed and agility and learn proper form and all this other things. Like when, when we go to their games, there's a drastic difference. It's like watching Mm -hmm. a college player play against a high school team, you know, in in that term. Mm -hmm. And then that, that carries on. Like they, they already have like um, one foot in front of the other or one step ahead, I guess, by the time that they get to high school. So that's, that's exactly how we progress them all too. Like from the time that the kid is, is brought in, let's say that they're a primer, right. And they're 11 or 12. Our goal is to get them in a position strong enough and form wise that by the time they are freshmen or sophomores, they have a chance to be on varsity. By the time that they're juniors and seniors, they're getting looked at for colleges. By the time that they're a senior, they have the opportunity to go and play in college. By the time they're in college, we want them to be ahead of all the other kids coming in of that freshman class. So there, there's nothing that's like a greater feeling than when we get our, our athletes that have graduated and moved on to college sports and they text us and be like, you know, this, uh, this workout program is so easy. Like we're only doing 20 reps for like our warm up on pushups and they're used to a hundred, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of nice to hear because you guys are like setting them apart from the pack already as freshmen in college. That's just that's almost scary. You know what I mean? Makes you wonder what's like the standard across you know the United States on that because you guys have had a lot of freshmen. I feel like who have done that now. Yeah, but the the cool thing is is like we let our kids set the standard at their at their new institution. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So. So not they they are being a um, they are creating a path for the next generation of no name athletes to come up through the ranks. So that's something that you know I think as they get older and as they reach like their senior year or they're reaching into college and stuff like that they're starting to understand that they're looked up to more than what they believe that they are, you know, from all the kids that are you know in the building when they're training too. think that that's actually a great point to make mm-hmm. it's almost like you guys have created leaders before they've even reached that seniority level and it already starts in the weight room but they don't know it though we're not we're not asking makes, them to be leaders yeah so it makes the best leader yeah it's kind of falling to the role rather than being pushed into it mm-hmm. and and that was part of the thought process when we scheduled the timing for the primers was mm-hmm. because there there's a a an older group uh, class going on at that time mm-hmm. so like they they're setting the example for the primers of like th- this is the next step of like where you're going to be so you, you can almost like it's like looking into the future almost for some of these kids follow the footsteps yeah that's pretty sweet i'll have you guys talk about that towards the end of the episode so you guys can kind of give a little bit of an informational on what the no-name primers is mm-hmm. um moving on to the the third myth um Weightlifting, speed training, et cetera, is only for competitive athletes. 
No, I mean, I saw this thing where if you stop sprinting, you you're you're just dying faster. Like the least amount you sprint, like just your rate of your death just seems to increase. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's this thing going like it was like probably two three years ago. There's like this big hashtag going around like in the sprint world is like sprint or die, and that's basically was the philosophy. So it doesn't matter what age you are. A lot of people will peak at like they'll reach their twenty percent of their, their life, and they're already have reached their like max capacity of athletic ability or top fitness mm-hmm. level or you still got, you know, 80% of your life left. I'm glad the, the cat wanted to join. So, oh she's my gosh. Me today. You know, this clip is going up now, right? Yeah. Yes. This is literally That's how I perfect. hang out with her. So, that should awesome. be all right. Yeah, Brent, actually, I, I agree with what you're saying. I actually, uh, I think it's strong by science was talking about how most people once they stop being quote unquote the competitive athlete will only do weight training as opposed to kind of maintaining the training style like an athlete where like they're not sprinting they're not working on jumping they're not working on explosive movements um, and there is some some merit to the longevity of you know a human lifespan when they incorporate different forms of training i actually think there was like a 15 percent improvement in in um longevity and like risk of mortality um compared to someone with who just so that's for someone who just did weight training and then there was the other people and and there was also compared to a control um but the other people did weight training and some form of conditioning each week and they had a 30 to 40 percent improvement in uh, longevity and their risk for mortality reduced greatly so it's there's merit to that what you're saying there is well, then you got all these people that that still that still lift, and then they they get into a situation where you know it's a pickup basketball game or it's a softball league game. Then they go into a full on explosive movement where they haven't done that in you know twenty years. All they've been doing is moving whatever they think is heavy weight real slow, mm-hmm. and then wonder why they you know they're pulling hamstrings and all these other kind of things. My ACL. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like we can just we can just talk shit and just use me as an example for that. Because when, when was like, like I had, when I had met Brandon in 2021, mm-hmm. I hadn't done a sprint in at least three years at that point. And then I think it was after a meet in 2022, I was like 300 pounds. And then we all hopped on to see like how fast we could run in the tread on the tuck tread. I remember and, that. Yep. Blew a tire. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's just like, that's what it is. And I, I mean, I train explosively and stuff like that, but obviously there, there's different levels to it, especially when you're in a sprint mechanic. Mm-hmm. So now granted, I was going for more of a top of the line craft, if you will, of weightlifting, mm-hmm. but still, but for the average gym guard, it wouldn't kill you to run a sprint or two. I agree with you. Actually, I read an article the other day on, uh, oh, what was it? There was uh, some race for like centurions like people that are like 80 years old and above and it was a hundred meter dash. And yeah. like, they were talking about how like people who actually do maintain that like explosive, um, like the fast switch muscle fibers are actually better off in the long run because they don't just have everything kind of melt away into like stability or into type two. So it was actually a really cool read and it was kind of fun to watch these old people run for a hundred meters. I mean, granted it took forever, but it was cool. That's pretty sweet. Well, people think that you want to, people that want to try to like lose weight, you know, like, 
burn certain um like fat for instance they'll go out and run long miles and they're just burning more fat and like your body's gonna like okay something's happening here uh-huh. i need to store this and hang on to it as long as i can to where if you train most explosive in sprints that's going to be the leanest you'll ever be you're going to burn mm-hmm. a lot of more carbs the leanest i've ever been was five percent body fat and i would just go out and do one sprints. twos and fours on the track and i'd finish yeah. with peanut butter pie yep and oh. i got down to four and a half to five percent body fat you want to write me that workout I'll, i would love a peanut butter pie man run fatty gotta get hey. that insulin spike up. hey i am down 15 pounds right now i am feeling weird yeah okay but i mean uh, e- even like to to brandon's point if you don't believe him just google olympic sprinter versus olympic distance runner look at the body type like the the sprinter holds way more muscle mass he looks i would say noticeably younger and i mean like he's very lean or she is very lean nice correction yeah well everybody wants to look like an athlete but don't want to do any athletic movements yeah thank you because they're hard like we (laughs) that like uh i did those uh pogo what were they pogo jumps today yeah, like alternating pogo hop box jumps. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, t- it took me like a set to like figure it out and like get the rhythm down. But yeah, I, I know that that's going to benefit me even though I didn't want to do it because it sucks. <laughs> they did look like fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I saw it on your story. It looked like fun. Uh, but going on to the next myth here, okay? Kids should not ever lift heavy. What's heavy? That's what I was asking. That's going to be my very first question. What would you consider heavy for a kid? And maybe why you would or would not progress loading with a child? I mean, I got a, a freshman right now that can probably barely squat the bar, and I got a that's heavy for him. And then I have a fifth grader that can hit 135 on the squat for five, and that's not very heavy mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. And I got an eight year old that'll squat for body weight of 55 pounds for 10. Thank you. You know, so I guess it, you can almost just, use it as like, it's relative, right? Heavy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just depends. Like you, we're, mm-hmm. we're not training them to have form breakdowns. That's, mm-hmm. that's when the, the change or the, the stop occurs, you know, mm-hmm. like when you're like, whatever it is, it's like, um, if you're just starting out and you're 11 or 12, then you want to use like a good rule of thumb is like 30% of their body weight. That's how much they should be doing. They should be doing that for like 15 reps, give or take. And then as they get older to the 13, 14 range, then you can up that to 50% of their body weight. If they can do that for clean 15 reps for multiple sets, then they earn the right to put more weight on. I always do the two by two rule. If you you can hit two more reps than like my designated, like I said, we want to do eight reps. If you can hit that for 10 reps. It looks good. We're going to increase weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so I actually, I'm going to name drop. Yeah, I'm going to name drop one. Uh, Quinn. He was kind of, Absolutely. he comes from a kind of a, it's hard to explain actually, but he's been coming <laughs> to us for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, kind of like has like that, that town where like they kind of maybe not understand like the whole strength conditioning realm where they do have the parents that think that, okay, strength conditioning or lifting and stuff like that's not for that age kid. And yep. he started doing it at fifth grade, and now he's an eighth grader now, and he's top dog in 
Uh, Everything. Baseball, cross countries, breaking all-time PRs, like first place in all his events. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like – you can tell, like, when he hits puberty, that kid's going to be the dog at his school. Yeah. Yeah. As a sophomore, as a yeah, freshman sophomore, like he's gonna make yeah. an impact right out of the gate. I'd agree. It's gonna be pretty yeah. sweet. It's kind of cool how you guys get to kind of see them go throughout their their you know grade school years and then into their their high school career, kind of like that. I don't know. Yeah, proud I'm, coach dad moment. I'm I'm getting into it. Like I'm seeing a lot more kids that like <laughs> I started and they're like you know junior seniors or they're freshmen in mm-hmm. college. And then, like, Brandon will throw, like, some throwbacks up where they where he's had them since they were fifth, sixth grade. And it's just like, oh, like, that, that's going to hurt. And I, I know it's yeah. going to hurt when a couple of these kids graduate. And it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm getting old. Like, I've, I've watched you grow. <laughs> you know, it's just mm-hmm. – that's it's going to hurt. All right, moving on to the next myth. It's all about bulking up once you hit puberty. And I've been trying to do that for years, man. I'm 30, almost 30. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I did uh, from the time that I was 20 years old until the time that I was 30. I started at 200 pounds at 20 years old. And when I was 30, I was 300 pounds. So I tried to gradually increase my weight 10 pounds every single year. If you could do that, then you hold some kind of a muscle mass and you're not just being a fat blob. So now granted, I got pretty heavy there for a minute. I was, it was a little rough. You're a big dude. I did you're hone in a dude. little. I say, I noticed that yesterday. You're looking pretty like kind of freaky right now. Yeah. It's coming back. <laughs> the gut or what? Athletic ability. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's uh, the thing too. It's like, so you're telling me that arguably your metabolism is probably going to be close to the highest that it'll ever be during your puberty. And you're going to try to bulk during that. I don't think kids realize, especially if it's clean food, for example, um, like, you know, low, low fat kind of stuff. Um, I don't think they realize how much in portion sizes that four, five, six, 7,000 calories actually is. Yeah, <laughs> it's that is a ton of food. Yeah, there there's nothing pretty about trying to bulk up. You mm-hmm. know, you you have to have like the the image out of your head that you're gonna have an abs all the time, or that you're gonna have like arm veins. The, those go away for an extended period of time, and then you know eventually they catch back up. But mm-hmm. yeah, you you have to be okay with not looking your greatest during that season that you want to bulk. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's, it's kind of a, I don't know, I guess it's like a, a back and forth with that or like you want to put on the mask, but then people aren't necessarily a fan of the aesthetic that they all of a sudden are displaying with the bulk. So, I mean, yeah. And then, and then they quit and then they wonder why a year later, they still weigh the same. Their, their strength isn't going up. They're not becoming any faster. They can't jump any higher. Mm-hmm. There, there you go. You're not eating. You're not like fueling the the system i think you guys will enjoy this next one so this is the next myth um weight training is too much stress on young bodies due to the lack of physiological advantages including testosterone levels 
and ability to recover from heavy loading. Interesting. Yeah, let's go into this one. Testosterone levels with a young child, obviously, they're not going to be super high, right? They're going to be lower levels to the point where, like, after you're not going to see this, this, you know, nine or eight year old with, you know, a ripped physique, unless that's just how they naturally are genetically. Uh, but yeah, testosterone levels, I mean, obviously, once you hit puberty, those levels are going to start going up significantly uh, to the point where, yeah, you're going to start noticing those, those gains pretty quick. But to say and blame that, you shouldn't load a child based off their physiology, I think is a very weird block to weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what you guys think on that. I just thought that was kind of an odd, like we shouldn't do this just because they can't physiologically support this. Thoughts? Go ahead, Brandon. And I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's like always, it's always changing. It's always going to adapt. I mean, the human body is designed to adapt. So whatever stimulus, whatever thing you throw out of it, it's going to adapt. And I've never had a kid. I mean, obviously the kid that's, it's a new stimulus. There's going to be some type of soreness there. That's with anything. If you jump out of a tree for 10 foot, something's going to be sore. Or if you do a, you know, a a lunge, you know, there's going to be some type of soreness, but I've never had a kid come back after the next, the day, and then maybe the 72 hours or 48 hours and that kid's still sore. Mm -hmm. Like that, the, at that age, your your body is just you're always world, moving, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's just crazy to think about. I don't know. I just think that sometimes, just uh, parents. Now, granted, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But your you. yeah, your your most <laughs> precious value is your is your child. So you're going to be the most protective with them, which is totally understandable. I get it. But you're just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're just finding any excuse to not put your child in a potential danger zone, if you will, quote unquote, mm-hmm. because you don't want to see them in pain. Well, if you're sheltering them their whole life, then they're going to be in a lot more pain because they don't know how to manage it or how to overcome it, how to adapt to it. They haven't learned things at an early age. Because, I mean, kid, kids are like sponges. Like, I mean, they, they'll absorb everything. Mm-hmm. And anything you throw at a kid, I feel like they're going to progress regardless. Yeah. I mean, you, you might not see, like, size gains, but, I mean, like, neurological adaptations are definitely going to be there. So, like, going back to, like, one of our older episodes where we brought on uh, Mike Chapman from Stanford, yeah. uh, like he said, you know, teach them movement patterns first, and then after that, once they be- it becomes appropriate, load the heck out of them obviously appropriately but like that that's a great thing to kind of live by i feel like especially with like younger athletes um i do think that sometimes people get on their high horse stating that like you know heavy loading could also damage the growth plates well show me how many like what is the incidence of injury for a growth plate during weight training for kids 15 and under compared to playing in sports if you look at that data it's actually very very high in play compared to what it is in weight training significantly lower if not extremely rare like yeah i was away training it was some dumbass doing something stupid with a kid exactly thank you here we go hey, just, well, I'll, I'll toot our own horn on this and i'll knock on wood <laughs> i start i started in may of 2021 and since i since i've been there i'm not taking this full credit just this is just what i can speak on we haven't had an injury in the weight room 
knocking on wood. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that just goes to show that us as trainers, we're, we're not being stupid with your child. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about a progression. And we understand that because we've been there. We've had hundreds of athletes. We understand the progression that needs to be done with each individual child. This year, I, don't, I think I have one more myth to get into with you guys. Um, where did I put that? Oh, here we go. Weight, cha- weight training for children will hinder their flexibility and their joint mobility leading into puberty. Some of these are hilarious to me. Like I'm, I'm like, who, who the hell thought this at one point? But I mean, you know, the science is, is improved greatly. Um, just it almost kind of goes back to the old like girls shouldn't weight train because they'll become massive and it's like <laughs> yeah god yeah. no like, like i never like, just... i don't think i've ever i've never really seen a non-flexible 10 year old yeah yeah mr trotter yeah. i mean he was a steel beam from a young age but i mean i was i mean i <laughs> i did not take it very seriously but that that's on me and i paid the price like my entire like career, if you will. I mean, I, I've never been able to touch my toes. Like in, uh, in high school, you know, I, I did have like nagging little hamstring injuries or my calves would be, you know, like pulled or I'd have like a growing injury, like stuff like that. But I didn't take the time to stretch or be mobile, but I also wasn't training the, um, exercises to full range. I'm not training in that movement to, increase my mobility during during that time mm. so you know that's that's something that i that i had to live with and i very much attempt to teach the the kids that are in our space now to not do that like there there is a reason like it's not a punishment that we're making you squat like astrograss for example mm. or touching your chest with the barbell or touching the the dumbbell uh head like right on your shoulder like it's it's not a punishment that we're teaching you full range mm-hmm. and that's mostly with like our high school and kind of older junior high kids but like they're our first through fifth grade primer class yeah like you tell them to squat they are naturally just dropping their foot right to the floor no problem yep. Mm-hmm. yep yeah the the only thing that we really worry about is they go to their toes because they're they just they were working on their balance you know because it's it's a totally oh. different movement it's brand new to them. It's brand yeah. new to them. So, so if you are an older athlete and you want to work on your mobility, there is a, a flexibility and mobility thing that I wrote up for you guys on your chalkboard. Yep. Uh, but before, because we only got a few more minutes left here on our timer, um, Brandon and Alex, why don't you guys go ahead and just kind of tell me a little bit more about what the, the no-name primers is and who it's beneficial towards. It's basically just a first through fifth grade youth class that we work on this proper basic speed and agility movements, just the bare minimums, kind of work on how to properly uh, hit position, knee drive, ground contact, how to properly come out of a break, how to properly decelerate, um, all kinds of agility change directions, kind of setting your body up, how to get in and get out of cuts at the, at the bare minimum, almost like game style kind of, of play just so they can kind of still stay in focus rather than like a classroom style thing yeah and then 
we spend about 15, 20 minutes of that. After that, you know, they're kind of checking out. So we switch to the weight room. But we work on just kind of the basic fundamentals of proper hinge movements, proper squat, proper lunge, how to proper push, pull, the kind of the rotation, kind of the big seven movements that will lead them into our eventually get to the junior high, high school weight class. And then that coordination to where I saw where, well, when I first heard it, I didn't believe it because it was like you grow an inch, you lose like two months worth of like coordination. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of look at like some of these like older high school kids that when they're, you know, maybe sophomore freshman sophomore they're like you know six foot or whatever five nine they can they can kind of move pretty well then all of a sudden you, they have like a huge five six inch growth spurt coming into that next season like this dude can't walk at you gum at the same time yeah <laughs> and it seems like it takes a whole year to kind of finally get that movement back and that's when i kind of realized okay maybe that time frame is correct so if we just continue to stay on top of the movements as they go through their growth spurt they don't have that kind of relapse of going through that awkward goofy uncoordinated phase yeah, because I mean it's, it's frustrating, like as an athlete too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. I never had that big of a growth spurt. Nope. Yeah, it was all <laughs> it, it was awful, boys. Not fun. I'm still waiting on mine, actually. I was yeah. gonna say I want to be a tall boy. Yeah, twenty twenty four, dude. That's your year. That oh, that's my gotta year. be. Okay. Only got Start a few more months. <laughs> On the other side, I can touch my toes. So, cool party trick. Yeah, I can reach the top shelf of literally anything. <laughs> hey, I have a stool for that. I'm still <laughs> functional. <laughs> no, well, we'll help you guys enjoy today's episode. Um, you know, I, I encourage you if you have your children that are wanting to get more into athletics, go take a look at No Name Athletics Primer class. Um, what what age group was that for again, Brandon? First through fifth. First through fifth. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a first through fifth grader and you want to get it a little bit more of a head start on your weightlifting and your movements, I highly encourage you to go check that out. Uh, But we will see you guys in the next episode.